Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through Friday, on the Athletic Podcast Network. Bruh. New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? Dang! With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Hey, mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome, there it is, to the Athletic NBA Show. Not hot there, no hot mic there. Welcome to the Athletic NBA Show, Basket Buds Edition. It's Monday. I'm Zach Harper, Trevon Edwards, Wozni Lambre, the cultural anthropologist, Dave DeFour, Jay King. We have Jade Hoy pushing buttons. And guys, we're in the bubble. We're living in the bubble. We got beer shotgunning. We got players practicing. We have players leaving the bubble. Got uh, some family emergencies stuff the players are attending to. We are so close. We're within two weeks, almost one week, until we have real NBA action, sort of, in this Walt Disney World Resort bubble. And today I want to start off by, I guess we could talk about the guys who have left the bubble. We're going to get to some award stuff as they've set the cutoff date for what we should consider for awards voting. Uh, we'll get to some life in the bubble stuff through Chris Haynes and his great article on Yahoo. But first, we do have Zion Williamson left. We have uh, Montrez Harrell left. We had James Harden getting in late. We had Russell Westbrook testing positive for COVID and, and getting in late. Everyone's quarantining. Everyone's doing the right stuff. Uh, media members are now there. They've quarantined. They're left. They're let out of their little hotel rooms and everything. So first and foremost, Trey, I want to ask you, you know, with Zion, there's so much hype still around him. There's so much there. Um, and there's been so much production in the few games he's been on the court. But is there concern that with him leaving the bubble to attend to this family matter, uh, that coming back is going to one, just be a complicated process for getting him cleared and two, that he's missing time with his teammates, missing time getting back into, I guess, NBA game shape. And that that's going to affect what the Pelicans do and what he does. Yeah. I think that it's an interesting case for him because he had a nagging uh, injury and then obviously had some, you know, had some stuff that he had to take care of leaving the bubble. Um, It set back. It pretty much makes the Pelicans, uh, sit back and have to reconstructure everything. I think that he should, if he, how I think he's going, I think his parents or whoever, I think his stepdad normally steps in and does all this stuff for him. I'm pretty sure they're going to do a very good job at testing him to make sure that he stays on the negative side so that there isn't uh, an extra quarantine when he has to come back, which I think is 10 days. So um, hopefully it's a good turnaround rate for him to, you know, handle his family business and then come back to the bubble with the negative test and then quarantine um, and pass his procedure so he can return with the team and they don't lose ground. Yeah, I guess it depends on how long he's going to be gone, guys. But, you know, Dave, you and I talked about this a little bit on on the Daily Ding uh, for last week that was posted, I believe, on Friday. Um, you know, kind of like it. Let's say let's say this is something that kind of drags on a little bit and if for whatever reason the NBA says this isn't an excused absence, so now you got to go through the ten day quarantine instead of the four day quarantine, as long as he's testing pot, you know, testing negative for all these tests as he, each day as he's gone, uh, that cuts into his time getting back on the court. That cuts into the process of everything, and then at that point there might be a, a reason to limit him if you're the Pelicans just in general, just because getting these guys up to speed is still going to be a tricky situation. Right, you know, this whole ramp up with the little mini training camp is is going to be 
you know, very important for avoiding soft tissue injuries in particular, helping these guys just get back into something that looks like game shape, you know, scrimmages coming up this week. And, and, you know, we're going to, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of people looking pretty winded because, you know, when you're playing basketball in a pickup game, it's different than when you're playing at NBA speed. Um, I am worried that, you know, if he misses too much time, you know, if he's out this whole week, all of a sudden now it's the week that games are back. You know, he's going to have to do four days of quarantine. When's he going to do his training? Like, how is he going to be re- like game ready? You know, does he miss three or four games just waiting until he can get cleared by the medical staff? And as we talked about the other day, if he misses three or four games, there's a good chance the Pelicans aren't even in it anymore. So why bother to bring him back? And, and Zion, I feel like he's one of the guys across the league you'd really want if you're the team that employs him. You'd really want him to have a full training camp because he is an injury risk. And he did have an injury earlier this season that he was dealing with. And his body has so much torque that he needs to be in shape. He needs to be in game shape. You need to be careful with him in the best of times when he is already on a short training camp, then has to miss time. I'm I'm with Dave. I'd, I'd be very cautious if I were the Pelicans handling him because he's your future. Let's be honest. Like even if they get into the playoffs this year, it's not going to do anything for their franchise. It's not going to push their organization forward. What really matters is that Zion is healthy long-term. That matters far more than anything they could do in a short playoff run. Now, the league won't like it. Right. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the league league definitely won't like it. That's for sure. Jordan Brand probably won't like it either, uh, at least in the short term. But, Waz, I think it's interesting that, um, you know, we're handling this Zion situation, you know, in theory and hypothetically, like, you know, with so much care and caution, but another guy who's going to like be up for a big payday this off season, I'm going to say this summer, but this off season is Montrez Harrell. Right. And no right. one seems to give a damn that he's leaving and then having to come back and catch up. And granted, he has a different medical and, and health situation than what Zion has dealt with recently, but he's got probably more on the line. Oh, 100%. He's got more on the line, but you know what? I, I I'm sitting here like listening to you guys lay out exactly what it is that these guys are going to have to do to come back and then what the landscape's going to be like when they do come back and I'm just like if the NBA doesn't take the real regular season very seriously it seems obvious that they're not taking the bubble regular season very seriously like I think this is an indication of the attitude towards these games that are going to take place before the playoffs. And I think teams are looking at it as like, nah, who cares? That's that's kind of the general feeling that I'm getting when you see, you know, again, if Zion has to, if when he comes back, he has to quarantine for 14 days. <laughs> like that just tells you, like his team is not worried about winning these games. They're not worried about, um, you know, putting on the best possible product in the bubble. I think they've literally decided, you know, kind of like some senioritis type of shit where it's just like, let's literally just show up (laughs) and fulfill our financial obligations and get the hell up out of here. Yeah, it's it's funny. So like kind of comparing this to what Chris Haynes wrote about for Yahoo Sports, right? He wrote about he was one of two journalists that were allowed in the bubble early right like mm-hmm. real or way before anyone else and so he gets there and he's with, there with a couple of teams and everything and he writes about how like kind of they're moving the goalposts the league is constantly 
over these couple of weeks while he's there. And it's not because they're trying to like fuck with anybody. It's that they're like literally figuring this stuff out on the fly of what's okay, what's not, what zones are cool, what's not, what interactions are okay, what's not. Because they tell him at one point like, yo, don't go up and talk to league staff. You know, don't go talk to team staff. Don't go talk to players or anything. Like don't do it. Like stay socially distanced. Except there's nothing he can do when Donovan Mitchell and Kyle Kuzma come walk over to him. Right? right, he can't say, "Guys, get the fuck away from me!" Like he can't do that. That would actually be hilarious. So, it, if if right, Chris exactly. Hands was like stiff so, arm and LeBron, and so the league, <laughs> the league is cognizant of like, okay, they've started these conversations with him. We can't like do anything, right? But there, you know, there's so much, and I don't even mean this in a negative way, guys. But there's so much goalpost moving by the league just in these couple of weeks as they're trying to get everything going. Because look, they have a plan and. A lot of experts think it's a it's a pretty solid plan, but for the most part, they're still just figuring things out as they go. Well, also, there's a lot of stuff that you just don't you don't think about until you're in the moment. It, it, there's this there's this expectation that the people that run the NBA somehow are omniscient and can just anticipate every single scenario before it arises. But you know, when you read Chris's piece, you can even see he's like. Well, I completely understand why they're why they were making oh, these yeah, changes. Absolutely. Yeah, he's he was, not complaining. He's right. just explaining like this is my experience. And I thought he did a good job of just laying out like he didn't even realize he was going to be running into people as much as he was, you know, from the way they described it to him. And and I think that just him being there early, he probably aided aided the league a little bit in setting the rules or at least changing the rules. To something that's going to be more like what it will be, you know, uh, in another week or so, um, you know, the spaces that he's occupying early, other other media members are going to start occupying here in the next couple of days. So, you know, if anything, it kind of helped him out. Maybe they owe him some money. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, he should. I mean, like I, this is going to sound terrible, but like he's kind of been. A lab rat here. He's right? the guinea pig. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like he, like he, just like all right. Let's see what he does, and let's see what these other guys do, and then uh, we'll see what we have to adjust. And Trey, like that's it's wild to think that they don't have the system down. But I guess I don't know why anyone would expect them to have the system down when this is something no one's ever dealt with before. Yeah, I mean that's that's just kind of America overall. Right, right. no one has a plan for anything, and they're just winging it and feeling like. You know, forget science, forget all these other things, which we'll just have to find out. So I'm curious if I'm curious if you guys looked at, you know, what he did and reconsidered, like, would I want to be in the bubble right now? Like, do you actually think did anybody think that that are you talking about Haynes? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, are are you asking if reading him made us think? Like maybe it's not as bad as you thought, or oh, maybe it's like, oh, this no, actually no, seems no. kind of worse. fun. Like no, 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 no. worse, it's far worse. It came out worse. Okay, it's far I mean, worse. Yeah. That especially seem like something since, I'd want to sign up for. Especially since somebody like Haynes is a professional in the sense that he knows how to do his freaking job, right? Yeah. Like that's what's right. got him where to where he where he is, knowing how to go about his business. When you're constantly in a state of limbo. And you're constantly questioning every single thing that you do. Like, I mean, that's got to be that part of it has got to be unnerving where you don't even know if you're doing the right thing half the time. Like, I I can't even imagine all of that. And then, of course, you know, you have the added stuff about just straight up the sickness itself, like getting sick. You know, it's just crazy to me, man. 
Yeah, he he talked. But about God the, bless those uh, homies for being over there. You know, like sure they 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 uh what what they said Rosa Park uh crawled so Barack Obama could swim or whatever. That's them for us, Zach. <laughs> is is that what you think is happening right now? <laughs> that was what? that was one of the wilder comparisons I've heard. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm tracking that one. Was. <laughs> yeah, so so next year, next season, when you and I walk into an NPS Staples Center, we go, oh, we raise a, we raise you know a, a coffee cup to Chris Haynes and yeah. say thank you, yes. and Ben Golliver too, <laughs> whose salute. Instagram content has been incredible. <laughs> I, I don't know what he was doing with this plank between the two beds, but that should be an Olympic sport. It was. I think. I mean, you know, you got to get creative. I guess. Yeah. It's not it's not bad. Uh one of the funnier things that I did see in the Chris Haynes thing was him like, all right, to get some exercise and I'll sprint to my testing you know, my testing session, right? Cuz it was like a 5-minute walk away and then he realized like, oh, I don't get to be outside at all. I should I should soak this in. It's also cracked like, me up. I'm not going to sprint anymore. To see all the reporters like taking videos of the hotel like 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 honestly like they're the first people on the moon. Like, like, like this is such a new scene and nobody's ever seen anything like this bubble. And it's just like a normal hotel with like a pool. I don't know if you've ever heard of Disney World. You know, not a lot of people (laughs) know about it. It feels like these reporters think they're, they're Sam Neill and Laura Dern visiting Jurassic Park for the first time. (laughs) And look over here. It's a nightstand. This is my nightstand for the next three months. Like, yeah, I know how furniture works. I talked to I talked to Joe Varden. I talked to Joe Varden on Nerder the other day to check in. And I mean, I left that conversation thinking, nah, I'm good. I, w- I have have no interest in uh being stuck in a hotel room for, for a week straight, getting stuff jabbed up your nose and in your mouth. I, and- I actually think I would be okay with that part. It's the idea of having to be there for three months. Yeah, sounds like a movie that would be shown on on Cinephobe. <laughs> Actually, it might be. We, next week we're just going to review Joe Varden's uh, Instagram. <laughs> to see how that goes. Oh, we're going to phobe or file that one. By the way, Cinephobe you can catch on any podcast platform. It's myself. It's Amin Al Hassan. It's Anthony Mays, and we're reviewing bad movies that may not be as bad as you think, or maybe they're worse. Who knows? But check those out on any podcast platform or on Count the Dinks. Um, appreciate that lob, Trey. I just hope these homies are, are just having as much fun with it as they can and not like going in there thinking like, I'm documenting history. Like, well, relax, Woodward so, and Bernstein. Like, that's the it's, thing, it's, was, is I felt that, I felt that Woodward and Bernstein vibe from talking to a few people who were <laughs> considering whether or not to go and like, oh, what a great journalistic opportunity. And my whole thing was, thought was like, yeah, if you get coronavirus, like yeah, this is this then then it's like oh my god, what happened? Otherwise, you're just like you're at a hotel for three months and you're watching basketball and you're socially distant. Like I guess I guess you can turn into something like if you experience the forming of the next super team, right? But that doesn't even seem like. But that's at the same possible. time, so I Zach, know. I don't think anybody on this call considers journalism to be a calling for them. Right. And I think there are people in our profession who that's the case and there's nothing wrong with that. And so if journalism is your calling and it's almost this like vocational undertaking for you, um, I can understand how you might get it in your head that these games are somehow history in the making when really, man, really it's the equivalent of saving face. Like these guys are literally just doing this for the paper, like nothing else. You don't think journalism is my calling, man? 
I was going to say, J.K., <laughs> hard-hitting <laughs> journalist here. My bad, I'm a, man. I forgot I'm the last around. time I saw you had a fedora on with a feather in it. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there's a lot of pressure on these reporters in the bubble because their outlets are paying $50,000 each to have them be there for three months. So there's a ton of pressure to deliver. There's a ton of pressure cool. I think to write Bezos interesting stories. It. There's a ton of pressure on these guys to – to chronicle this in a way that's interesting to everybody. And so I think that's why you see the video. Like we, we can laugh about the videos, but I think that's why you see a lot of this stuff is because these guys are, they're trying to live up to the enormous pressure of having your outlet spend a salary just to have you stay in Orlando for three months. Well, and not to over dramatize it, but like literally the eyes of the world are on you. It's yep. going to be the only thing happening and it's happening in one place. And so I think if you're like boots on the ground in that situation, you probably want to come out of it with some really spectacular stuff. So I, I don't mind people taking, all right, I've got to go in there. I got to make something great. I got to, you know, find, you know, the hidden gems. I like that stuff. Um, but man, I would have no interest in being stuck in a hotel room that long. The Russell Westbrook news is getting him back into the mix. And and I think the scary thing, and look, it's for all the players who have gotten coronavirus, right, so far, is that we keep looking at it as this, like, binary, did you die or did you not die from it? Right. Right. But as, but as we keep learning more and more, and we still don't know much about this, the after effects and the, and the long-term issues that can come up, that's going to be something, and Grant, maybe that's an entire episode of Nerd she wrote with actual experts, no offense to you guys, but I feel like that's, that's something that, I, I don't know that we're going to be able to grasp for a long time, whether these guys get really sick or just like asymptomatic. We don't know what that is. And so when you see a name like Russell Westbrook has gotten and he's one of a bunch of all stars now who have gotten it, um, it does make me wonder, like what the future holds. And especially for a professional athlete where if, you know, your lung capacity is diminished slightly, that could be a huge difference right. in how you play. And so. Yeah, I, I think that's that's nerve wracking. Marcus Smart has said it. He's been asymptomatic. He hasn't dealt with any lingering side effects. He said he's worried about the long term impact of this after reading as much as he's read about it. And and I think that fear is real. We don't know anything. You know, like I feel like once a week we find out this thing is doing some new horrible thing that we didn't know about before. The blood clots, the you know the the right. all the lung issues, so you know it's completely unknown. So I, I can completely, I mean, I feel the same way, Zach. Like every single time a guy tests positive, you know, I, I'm just holding my breath, hoping that you know there's no long term effect. Um, yeah, I I just I I don't know. Like I I don't know that we should. Well, no, no, we should keep bringing it up. I I feel like we've had the same conversation a bunch. Mm-hmm. On, on this um but Trey like I I just feel like each name that comes up positive now it's just a reminder to try to figure out like whether or not the players should be at risk the way they are but they're going to be at risk it turns out no matter where they are so maybe this bubble actually ends up being the safest thing for them I don't I don't know how to kind of uh, do the math on this and figure it out Yeah I do think that the bubble is the safest place on the planet I mean they have access to nurses and you know the best care right then and there they're getting tested more than the average american um so they really know what's up um and yeah i mean it's kind of hard to tell because you got loved ones going to the grocery store people in your house all over the place 
you know, some guys were out here protesting. Some guys were doing everything that they possibly could and, and, and trying to stay away from it and still getting it. So yeah. um, just being able to have that, have, uh, you know, basketball as a sanctuary for one is to escape, but then also get tested daily. I mean, it's a pain, but you at least know your results immediately. And then if you do have it, you just get to go in isolation. There ain't nothing else to do anyway. So, um, yeah, I think it works out. Do uh, Does anyone think that this thing is going to go all the way through? Does anyone think this, this is going to get shut down? Like, Waz, do, where are you on, on this finishing out? 100%. Ten, a 12 out of 10, I think, is going to finish. Um, one way or another. <laughs> um, <laughs> a basketball-like substance organism is going to come out of this they're going to crown a champion. Now, does that mean it's going to look anything like the previous 75 NBA playoffs and results? I don't think so, but I think they are stay just they're pot committed, man. They're all in. They yeah. put 150 million dollars into this thing. Um they yeah. they're going to <laughs> they're going to make this thing happen. And why you know why they put in 150? Because they're getting about 850 back. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah, that that's gonna happen no matter what. That's that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, Dave, what about you? Are you you still confident or? Yeah, I think I think they're gonna make it again. It gets easier as you go. The idea being once maybe every, man, I well, still think like once you introduce more people to the bubble, I know you're getting rid of some, but man, I just I don't like. I, I know think that's an awful safe, idea. I, I'm sorry, man. Like, yeah. but your friends and family just don't have to be there. I, I get it. You know, the, those guys are gonna be there for a long time, but. Man, you know, I, I just it wouldn't it wouldn't be a part of my plan. Let's put it that way. Um, I, there's no way I would be introducing extra people that aren't necessary to the bubble. Uh, I do think from a player perspective, it does get easier because you're you're eliminating potential uh, positive test results because people are going to, you know, once the games kick off next week, every two weeks, you're sending a bunch of teams home. So you're going to be whittling down the population pool. That's a good thing. Obviously, the testing measures, you know, seem to be working so far. They're they're catching these cases. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're probably going to going to get through it. Um, I can't I can't imagine I can't imagine not catching something early enough to be able to shut it down if you need to. Maybe they have to take a week or or ten days or something uh, yeah. if there is a little outbreak. But I, I think they'll get through. The plan seems to be pretty solid. Trey. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I think it's going to finish. I don't think nothing stops. I mean, most worst case scenario, I mean, I hate to treat it like one of those game shows where you just get forbidden or like banned or whatever, but you get it pretty much. You get shipped out of the bubble, you know what I mean? But who has that access? You know, um, medical is big business. So it's a different type of ball game when, you, when you're looking at it like that. But this is a, a billion dollar organization that's, that's you know, about to display their 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 uh their talents on the main stage. So this is a product that needs to deliver. So of course they get that immediate attention. Jay, is there any concern with the Celtics right now outside of just normal coronal concerns or do they seem pretty comfortable in there? With the bubble, I think the the concerns that have popped up more like basketball wise, scheduling wise, the court time, practice time is not normal for them. They've had some quick turnarounds. They haven't been able to scrimmage as much as they wanted because their practice times haven't been ideal. It looks like they're in a hotel conference room. Yeah, with these with these courts. Some practices I think are in the the ballroom, <laughs> which is interesting. 
was uh, trying to find a way to transition from this to something lighthearted can be, uh, you know, kind of a razor thin margin, almost a close shave, but not the close shave that you're getting with Manscaped. Let me tell you about this Manscaped. It's the best. Oh my God. It's the best product so, out there. I still feel like an idiot because I got the lawnmower 3.0 and I've been using it in the bathroom, right? Like just like, all right, I'll set up like a little waste basket beneath me and make sure that all the hair falls in there and everything. Didn't know for like two months this thing is waterproof. You can take it in the shower. Wow. Yeah, I've been that's a game doing changer. this stuff in, fr- in like in front of the sink and like over the actual tile like an idiot. Moron. Now I just do it in the shower. It's been I know, I'm an idiot. I'm I mean, a moron, Jay. I told you last time, Zach, I was doing it on the bowl, which is even crazier. <laughs> that's right. You know? It is. <laughs> I just do it over my but balcony. Oh, no, I'm kidding. So, so it gets to it gets oh. to disperse yo, into the yo, entire okay, neighborhood, man. Yo, relax. <laughs> Just helping the birds, right? Exactly. They're gonna put you on a registry somewhere. Bro. <laughs> it's a waterproof cordless body trimmer. There's a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine when you get the perfect package 3.0 kit that does come with that lawnmower 3.0. It's the best trimmer on the market. Like it seriously is. Like I'm, you know, I'm. I'll admit, I'm someone who I hate armpit hair. I like ha- I haven't liked having armpit hair pretty much since I since I grew it, right? And so I've always used like hair clippers to just like, you know, kind of no guard, buzz mm. that armpit hair off and then I feel better. And this is so much better than all that. Like it's like Dave, it the lawnmower 3.0, it's so much better than just using some janky ass like hair clippers to try to get rid of body hair. Oh, it's smooth, man. It's real smooth. The little light on there is very useful. Yeah. Helps. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really nice. And Jay, when you're going from your balcony to the to the pool, <laughs> right? To the community pool, that's when you like it's look, it's swimsuit season, right? That's you gotta make sure that body hair is, is right. That's when you really shine. That's when that which that's exactly and when you especially really shine. for you with, with no armpit hair and stuff. I, I haven't gotten to that level oh, yet, man. but maybe I will now that I'm now that manscaped is in my life. life. It'll change your life. I'm telling you, it'll absolutely change your life. Uh, by the way, inside the perfect package, you'll find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant. I know guys are going to like laugh at that. Let me tell you, that it's got its benefits. I'll just say that. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna. I'm Trey. You're not gonna get to me to say more than that. I'm just gonna say the ball deodorant from Manscaped has its benefits. Okay, you got to trust me on that though, or or use yourself. You. Uh, we can, uh, we can subscribe to the perfect package. You get a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months for a limited time. Subscribers get two free gifts, the shed travel bag, $39 value and the patented high performance, reduced chafing manscaped boxer briefs. Dave, I know you love those boxer briefs. They're fantastic. They're actually my favorite pair of boxers. If, yeah. if the manscaped folks are listening, send me another pair, <laughs> get 20% off plus free shipping with the code. The Athletic 20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with manscaped.com. Use the code The Athletic 20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. That's the Shed Travel Bag and the Anti Chafing Manscaped Box of Briefs. Go to manscaped.com today and use the code The Athletic 20. It gets my vote of confidence. And speaking of voting, guys, Dave, one, Dave talking about best underwear on the market. <laughs> Leave that today. <laughs> Speaking of voting, one, please go vote in all of your elections. Let me assert my 
that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. It's very important. The two, we have voting in the NBA. That's not as important, but we'll still get some guys some bonuses, some some hardware, and some accolades that they can brag about. The NBA decided that the shutdown of the NBA season is the cutoff point for voting. And so, guys, I thought it'd be fun to discuss some of these awards. Don't worry. We're not going to nerd out and go, well, who's your all-rookie team? Who's your most improved player? We don't care about those awards. Those awards are stupid. Okay? You kind of see what you get. The ball goes in the hoop a lot. <laughs> One, I do think most improved players just. Duncan the, Robinson. The, the way that they do it, it, it just, I don't know, man, like a third or fourth year player is most improved. Come on. Art. <laughs> Yo, Dave, that come on just killed me. I refuse to put a second year player on my ballot. You're 23 years old. You should be getting better. Right. Right. It's, like, it's facts. It's, it's facts. You know, like. Chris and Middleton. Another thing, they like, never give it Chris to Chris Middleton would have been a good one, right? Like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But they never give it to. Like, I remember a meme was talking about that one year where KD became an incredible playmaker. That he just right. straight up did not have that in his arsenal. And a meme's like, yo, this is one of the most improved cats in the league. You know how hard it is to take yeah. your game from where KD shit already was to where he took it, where, you know, he added playmaking and, you know, right. setting people well, up to his game. But they never give it to people like that. Well, to go from elite to like the the tip top of the top tier of elite, right. like Giannis go, last year when he was MVP, right. right? Probably should have also been most improved. Well, don't don't get me started on this Amin Al Hassan guy, okay? Because this guy has been on this. <laughs> Pascal Siakam should be back to back most improved player winner. Yes, <laughs> he's like, well, he's Yo, he's improved his no, but Miami he hangs on the same argument. Saying, he, he's in, he says he he's improved his scoring ten points per game. In multiple seasons, in back-to-back seasons, which isn't true. That was true like the first month of the season, and then he regressed. And it's still like up plus seven or something, which is highly impressive. But he's holding on to these dumbass arguments that he had from November that I'm not hearing anymore. And I'm a little agitated because I talked to him for eight hours on Friday. Eight, Dave. Eight fucking hours I talked to Amin. Three in the morning from 7 to 10 a.m. on NBA radio. Then I talked to him for two hours talking about Catwoman for Cinephobe, which again, all podcast platforms. Just search Cinephobe find it find it on count the dings and then three more hours on mad dog radio from five to eight that night eight hours that's way too much of me was that and way too much Zach Harper. predicted it's way too much me as well i feel bad for him in this yeah it's you're dead on <laughs> as the guy who predicted pascal siakam would win it again uh i'm gonna ignore the evidence that suggests that he probably <laughs> shouldn't and i'm gonna say pascal siakam should definitely win it again all right, I don't want to talk about most improved player anymore. Uh, I'm big Duncan this, Robinson. Any- Duncan Robinson most improved. Before we get off that topic, the guy was like a improved he was barely in the league, and now he's yeah. really damn good. How about Devontae Graham, who didn't look like an NBA player for the, the first time he was in the league? Yeah, but he shot like 10 percent over the last two months. No of the second season. year players. No second year players. Please, right? No exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I'm yeah. cool with second year players who nobody expected anything out of. Like Luka Doncic might be the most improved player. If you want to win most improved, go work out with Rico and go play in the Drew League. Yep, go work out with Rico Hines. Go play in the Drew. Well, you know, back when you could go outdoors, but go play in the Drew League. Um, now I now I don't know how you win most improved anymore, Trey. What's the process? Move into the bubble. <laughs> oh yeah, move to the bubble. You'd be good. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Uh, is there any way, does anyone believe that 
there's any way John Morant doesn't win Rookie of the Year, right? Like he's locked. No, he, he's locked. Yeah, for sure. Will Will he be unanimous? I mean, he should be. Yeah, he should definitely. He should. I, don't he should be. I don't think he's unanimous. Well, because there are going to be people be people that say Zion for sure. Yeah. But it should that be just, that, that just takes it Why? Those people deserve to have their votes rescinded if that's well, the case. But, the kid right, played but, like three games. But Zion was the best rookie. He was. Sure. That's fair, but he didn't so, play. So here's my argument. So back when Joel Embiid was a rookie and only played 31 games, his competition was Dario Saric and Malcolm Brogdon. No mm-hmm. offense to he those didn't guys, have competition. They did, not have, they did not have good <laughs> rookie years, right? right? So back then I was like, yo, Embiid's the best rookie. And I agree. It's clear. Let's give him rookie of the year. Now they gave it to Malcolm Brogdon. Didn't work out, right? Now you could you could make the argument that Zion, had in his 19 games, proved to be the best rookie. However, he doesn't have Malcolm Brogdon and Dario Sarge to go up against. He has Ja fucking Morant. Like, Ja Morant's been unbelievable. So yeah. that's where I don't think the argument would then hold weight. And so to me, he's got to be unanimous. But I, I think someone, I think you're right. I think at least someone will vote Zion. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to pretend like um, like people also don't use their votes politically, and sure. and yeah. that is a big part of this. So like a lot of the unanimous, like the guys, like LeBron should have been unanimous MVP at least once, but probably more than once, right? Um, but guys, you know, when those votes are made public, they want you know your guys need to see that you voted for right. them so you can was keep in those Derek interviews. Rose as well, right? Should have been unanimous, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> Steve Nash um, both those years. Definitely. Yeah, Steve Nash both those years should have been unanimous. I agree. Uh, all right. So what about defensive player of the year? Will Rudy Gobert get a third straight? Uh, I'm saying Brooke Lopez. I got Giannis. Yeah. How I think Giannis wins this one. How does Brooke Lopez one? win it when he's not the best defender on his team this year? Uh, I mean, he's he's been pretty amazing. I, now, the argument for Giannis is that Giannis allows Brooke to be as, as good as he is. And, and, I mean, I think Giannis – probably has a better chance than Brooke, but I do think what Brooke was able to do was a little bit oh, more he's impressive. Been, he's yeah. been excellent. Yeah. yeah. I just think Giannis is... I think... Yeah, because Brooke Lopez wouldn't be They're allowed to play votes from each other, by if the he way. didn't play with, with Giannis. Exactly. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I agree with that, but I, I still yeah. think that Brooke in his own right was just really amazing, and, and it, it just goes to show, like... I didn't ever think Brooke would be considered, you know, like a top five defensive center. Like For he sure. does a lot of stuff really well, but man, he has been excellent the last two years. But that, that's part of the reason why he hasn't got enough credit for it is because right. people take so long to change their opinions of people's defense. Like it, it takes years and years and years for the public to catch up to the fact that Brooke Lopez is an elite defender. Like it doesn't come right away. Like, it, it really takes a long time. And so I think that's part of the reason why he won't get as much consideration as he should. Mm-hmm. But I do think Giannis is the best defender on that team. I think Giannis is the best defender in the league. I think he's going to pull out the daily double with the MVP and the defensive player of the year. Wow. I'm here for it. Uh, I think only Hakeem and Jordan did that. Yeah. It's I think a pretty good right. list. Um, yes. <laughs> that's not a bad list to be a part of. Um, uh, do we think like is there any chance that like Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Marcus nah, Smart sneak nah. in there and, and take it? I think it's probably for the voters probably a two person race between Giannis and Gobert. Um, okay. My guess is that Brook Lopez is probably the third guy. I don't know. A- again, it's like I, when I say Brook Lopez is Defensive Player of the Year, people will either understand it or they don't com- like at all. And so who knows what the voters are going to do, but. Gobert, you know, I think if you look at what their team, like the drop-off in team defense that they had, 
people are going to put that at his feet. But the truth is, like when you lose a guy like Derek Favors, your job gets a lot harder. You know, yeah, I mean, and, they, and of, they cycled in like Tony Bradley and Ed yeah. Davis, so they couldn't find that other big man to to back him up. And that big man, it, but, was right? The, and it's it's nasty it's, uh, work this year. Bogdanovich out there, right? Like who? While he's okay when he wants to be, he's, it's not like he's like a lockdown guy. So right. you know, Rudy's job got harder, and, and I think yeah. like if you judge it on judge him on a curve, he still was excellent. And, um, and Dave, just look at the drop off there was with Rudy when he started pouting because he wasn't getting the ball enough. <laughs> yeah. Like that showed you his just how good he is defensively. Well, right, but see now how many voters are going to hold that against him? I think a couple will, but probably not enough to tr- well, I guess maybe enough to truly affect the word if it's if it's neck and neck between him and Giannis in most in most mm-hmm. minds. That's exactly what I'm thinking, yeah. I think Giannis is probably going to win. Yeah, I I think to me like Any love for Bam Adebayo? Not yet, but yeah. I think he's I yeah, think like we could see a couple of straggler votes for him. He, he's up. He's been fantastic all, all year. I mean, but not yeah. not defensive player of the year. Good. And right. Gobert. All right. Prediction. Bam wins it next the, year. Defensive player wow. of the year. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I believe it, but I said Ooh. it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I'm not sure I believe it, it, but I just declared it for everyone to hear. <laughs> um, is Do you guys get bugged by the defensive player of the year award? I, I feel like this is my least favorite award and I, I feel that way because it almost always goes to a center or it very often goes to a center right and mm-hmm. the last few years in the playoffs like centers haven't been the most important defenders when the games matter the most and like I don't think Rudy Gobert even if he deserved the defensive player of the year which I think he did like he wasn't the best defender when it mattered like I, I'd rather have Kawhi I would have rather had Draymond and this year, for me, like the best defender that you want on your team in games that matter most, the most versatile defender, the guy who's going to help you the most is Giannis. And to me, that's the deciding factor. Like Embiid is fantastic. Gobert is fantastic. But I think you can take advantage of those guys in a way that you just cannot do with Giannis, either inside or outside. Yeah, Trey, it feels like it feels like Defensive Player of the Year is just like a guess. I think that the category is very small. Um, and the same group of guys are mentioned every time and they just have to do the, the bare minimum of the amount, but like also the game where it's at now is very awesome, uh, like to support the offensive player. Yeah. So it's not really dependent on how many steals you had or how many blocks you had. It's about the game winning play at the end. So if your guy has 30 and you were able to stop him in that last shot, you won the battle. It's kind of like being a cornerback against a wide receiver, you know what I mean? Shutdowns are, not getting that many looks on that side. Gobert's always going to be in the mix. Well, PJ Tucker never gets a nod, but you know. But he should like be. But he should be like de- all all defense, right? Hundred percent to me. I think so. I think it's just again when you really watch his games and and, and and those things, he does a good job, but not enough to be really kind of the same way how people were like Clay Thompson should be on there. Like, I think guys do make a a, a effort, but. In order to be like first team or win an award, you got to be a tough SOB. And, you know, obviously we've seen flashes with Avery Bradley, but it wasn't consistent enough. And I think that obviously with Giannis Antetokounmpo, his offense outweighs his defense sometimes. He plays a lot of defense, you know, and I think I think uh, Dave uh, vouched for Brooke Lopez, who also is very effective on that on that defensive end to help Giannis, you know, get those blocks, those help side blocks or 
kind of turn that into offense. But I think that Giannis changes a lot of guys' shots. And I think that's the thing that goes unnoticed because it's unstatted. You know what I mean? Like where you can just shut down the whole right side because you're on, you're playing that side of the defense. Well, Giannis is such a big just defensive playmaker that it is almost impossible to miss his impact. I mean, he's doing so much, you know, I mean, even guarding point of attack, you know, at times. Um, the the wing defense, like you just mentioned, coming in as the helper. And he, he can just do every single thing that, that you want on the court. He could literally be your best player for the Bucks, at least, at just about every position defensively. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty undeniable when you just watch him. But it's hard for new guys to break in. Like, bam, you know, even mentioning bam, like maybe he doesn't even wind up in the top five in voting. Even though he probably should be, he was he was really good this year. Yeah. Uh, so, coach of the year, does Frank Vogel finish top three? Man, sure. he is he. He should though. I mean, he, he he should. There, I, well, that's the thing. There's like there, so because coach of the year is frustrating because you because sometimes people base it on well, what do we think this team was going to do, right? right? And then if they exceed those expectations. Then, then they get or they get votes or they get momentum towards it, and so like that's the Billy Donovan case here, right? And not mm-hmm. that he hasn't coached to be deserving of it, but with him, you can even see say Nick Nurse to a certain degree, yep. um, just because they lose Kawhi, job. lose Danny Green, and they're still you know two seed, right? Great job, but right, yeah, they they were on pace to win seventy, right? Yep. Right, they're on, they're on pace to go from sixty wins to seventy wins. Um, so I think it's a really crowded field, uh, and. And yet Frank Vogel, like the Lakers, like, oh, maybe they'll be fourth, maybe they'll be fifth, maybe they'll be sixth. And they've been first pretty much all season. But I don't know that they that people give him enough credit for it because of LeBron. Uh, to me, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Because Having LeBron and AD is going to is going to it's going to hurt him. Yeah. But I what about when- the rest of those guys on that team, Dave? Like if you add up the sum of their performances from the season before, Nobody thinks oh, wait, this team guys, is. Guys, I just I just thought of this. I'm sorry team. to interrupt. Should we have should we have mentioned Anthony Davis for defensive player of the year? No. I feel oh, like people are going to scream he, at us gonna, for that. He's going to be in the in the mix. He'll be in that he top 4. He was not four. the best defensive player in the yeah. NBA this season. I like and, and I think he's done a great job, but he's just no. I don't think so. I just wanted to avoid the tweets. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to get even more okay. tweets. <laughs> yeah, I know, probably. Back to Frank Vogel. Sorry. <laughs> at Talk Hoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I think that the guys that are going to really come up, I mean, you mentioned Donovan, uh, Spolstra, the job he did in Miami, starting that, yeah. like playing all those young guys, really only having Jimmy as the, the marquee guy at the beginning of the year, um, overseeing Bam's development into, you know, the player that he's turning into. Uh, Spolster's going to get a lot of buzz. And, obviously, and he Nick decided Nurse. to start none. He decided to bring Dragic right. off the bench, like... He's done so many yeah. smart things from day one mm-hmm. with that team. Also, yeah. Nate McMillan in Indiana, no that Victor team, Oladipo yeah. all year. That team was, I'm going to throw. That might have been that might have helped them considering <laughs> how they played when he came back. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to throw out a name that probably a lot of you guys won't pick and probably won't finish too too high in the coach of the year voting. But I think he's had an incredible year, Mike D'Antoni, and I say that because. That team isn't very talented. Like, when you look at that team, like, they're playing Ben McLemore a ton of minutes. Like, they've got dudes in that rotation that probably shouldn't be playing on an they NBA team. They were worried because they lost Gerald Green. Like, that's how yeah. team that team is, right? <laughs> well, I, I think he's he's done the most coaching 
and then this year since he's been in Houston. He, like he totally flipped Russell Westbrook's style. And I know part of it is the pieces around him, but D'Antoni finally got to the most stubborn player in the NBA. He's the coach who finally got him to play the style that he should have been playing all along. So I think D'Antoni has done an awesome, awesome job. And then he had to, at midseason, coach a team totally differently after losing every single one of his centers. <laughs> he he turned Russell Westbrook into a killer pick-and-roll role man and then turned Robert Covington in the best defensive center in basketball for like 10 days. Yeah, so I, I think Pretty D'Antoni, good. and I know they're sixth place in the West. I know compared to expectations, they haven't done a lot better than people would have anticipated. I think if you really look at what he's done, he's been awesome. It's I, yeah. You know, it's it's amazing. I was having this conversation the other day. There just aren't a lot of coaches that you can look at and say, wow, that guy is a bad coach anymore in the NBA. And it becomes like less excusable to have a bad coach. We, we no, just I'm, named, I miss like, Randy Whitman, guys. too. I miss well, Randy Whitman so much. We just named like eight guys who, who have a legitimate shot – you know, you can make an argument. Didn't, and we didn't mention even, Doc. Didn't mention, didn't mention Brad Stevens. Uh, who's Mike been Malone, great this year. right? Brad Stevens, like yeah, yeah, or Billy Donovan. No, we, we started Zach with mentioned Billy him. Donovan. Oh, you said that. Oh, my <laughs> Jim Boylan. <laughs> Jim Boylan. You know, he's got his team doing pushups. No, no, we're not saying Buck CEO Williams of the year. Forever Trey, is Jim Boylan going to stay? Um, no, he's out of there. Okay, thank you. He's, no, he's I don't want people I mean, to lose the their jobs, is, but he shouldn't have that job. He He's easily, you know what I mean? I try to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's passionate, but passion is overrated. Um, Yeah, he's probably the worst coach. Hired <laughs> but again, if, if, if that job was really easy, then everybody would have it. So, yeah, I mean, that's true. respect to him, but uh, I think the Bulls deserve more and that they'll move in a better direction um, after he's out of the picture all right last one mvp um it's funny because i see a lot of people with agendas talking about the agenda for mvp voting and i'm like it feel it there's no agenda i don't know if you can well all right like look i do think there's a great case for lebron i really do like if you decided to vote for lebron i don't think it's I don't think it's crazy at all. Like, I, I respect the decision. I think he's been phenomenal this year. Um, I'm leaning towards Giannis right now, uh, but it's not as clear-cut to me. But I, I do think he's going to win regardless. But then it's going to be viewed as, like, there's some anti-LeBron. Right, it's a slap in the face bullshit. to LeBron. Right, and, it, and I don't for- know. Like, I don't know. I don't think we have to do that every time. <laughs> Uh, but but you know Le- LeBron is a lightning rod hoops. for stories, so people know what they're doing with that man. Like they know what they're trying doing. to blow my Twitter. Off. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, I like Giannis has been. I mean, Jay said it. Like he might go, he might go daily double here. He might get the MVP and the and the Defensive Player of the Year. I think I think he's going to. I think he's going. I think he's going to win. Is this both. even up for debate, Dave? Honestly. Yeah, I think like, he's going to win What are we both. doing? I think before COVID hit, the Lakers were hot. Yeah. Quote, unquote, hot, right? They were peaking at but the now, right time. like <laughs> Right? And then end up And Giannis had, a a knee, had his knee hurt, Trey, right? And yeah. they, you know, Bucks tailed but, off a little but bit. But then they lose to an empty Nets. And I, I don't think that changes anything on the viewpoint of LeBron. He's playing well this season, but he's not 
close to playing how Giannis is right now. That's right. I think the whole idea is just the enamor of year, whatever it is. You're 17, you know I mean? baby. Check <laughs> Instagram post. And listen, and that's, that's Wash no King hashtag. Wash King, right? <laughs> and he's doing his thing and he's playing exceptionally well, especially, but he also has Anthony Davis, man. So I'm not going to take that away from me. Um, but Giannis has been doing it consistently all year. And yeah, they lost to the Lakers, but that's not going to change my mind. Yeah, they also beat the Lakers. Like right. I don't know what. We're, yeah, I don't know why one of those. No, games it doesn't count. The, 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 the most recent one counts for double. Oh, don't oh, you know okay. that? Okay. <laughs> I think too. <laughs> if, if the Bucks hadn't blown so many teams out, Giannis's stats would be so otherworldly that people would have no choice but to just dismiss everyone else. If right. you look at his per 36 minutes, it's like he's averaging 36 and 16 or something per 36 minutes. It's just outrageous what he's done. But the Bucks have had a ton of blowouts, so he hasn't always played the fourth quarter. They've limited his minutes. And I, I think I think you can acknowledge that LeBron James has been amazing, that the Lakers would be way, way worse without LeBron James and because they just don't have playmaking around him. They built that team knowing that LeBron was going to be the the – the son of their solar system and and the bucks like they thrive even when Giannis is sitting so i think we can acknowledge all that while also saying pretty emphatically Giannis has been better this season all right i guess we're sweeping it yeah go ahead and let's let's call that one in that's uh man that's uh my new nickname is the for that it's gonna be that's gonna be a rough one was Lakers fans are going to be upset. <laughs> Just remember, that's at Big Waz on Twitter. Just at Big Waz. And that's going to do it for the Athletic NBA Show. Check out Tampering tomorrow. Then we got Hoops to Jason after that. Point of Contention after that. We'll finish off the week with Nerder She Wrote. Uh, subscribe. Subscribe to The Athletic. Subscribe to the, the Athletic NBA Show. Make sure you leave a nice review. Make sure you give us a nice comment on the old app or on the website. For Trevon Edwards, Wazzy Lambre, Dave DeFore, Jay King, and Jade Hoy, I'm Zach Harper. Keep it locked in on the Athletic Podcast Network.